We talked about the great God we have. We talked about the great commandment was reiterated in Sunday school. The great commandment, does anybody remember what it was? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. That's the way it should be, right? Amen. And that upon these law, this law hangs all the other commandments. And we talked about last time we were together about how the Levitical law, the Ten Commandments we call them, uh, all hinge on love the Lord thy God with your heart, mind, and soul. If you love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, and soul, you won't have trouble coming to church on Sunday. You won't have trouble uh, using his vain, name in vain. You won't have trouble with loving your neighbor as yourself. But we all do. We all do. We're all human. But that's the, ten, the great commandment. Now let's look at the great commission. The great commission is given to us in God's word. And you'll find it in Matthew chapter 28. The great commission. The Great Commission is one of the most significant passages in the Bible. First, it's the last recorded personal instruction given to Jesus and his disciples. That's the Great Commission. It's the last thing he told them. Not the last thing he told them. You know what the last thing Christ told us? Revelations chapter 22. I come quickly. That's the last thing he told them. But it's the last commission the last command, if you would, to be given to him. I was fortunate enough to be commissioned three times in my life by my superior officers in the United States Army. I blew that commission all three times. I did not take it. I want to present this to you as a commission. I didn't understand when I was a youth that a commission was more of a command. In the military, they can't take recourse against you. But when you refuse God's commission... It's in the form of a command. There are certain recourses. Now, he's not going to send you to hell. If you accepted Christ as your personal Savior, you're on your way. You're on your way. But he can, you just don't get all the rewards you had coming in life. You won't get the gratitude. You won't get the power in the Holy Spirit. You won't get God's blessings on your life just as liberal if you ignore the Great Commission. I was commissioned three times to go Green Beret, if you want to know. I don't like to brag. But three times I refused that commission. I was married, and it held me back. I says, I don't want to go for three years. I don't want to go the next three years, nine months in Vietnam, and then come back for three months. The amount of time I spent in the military ruined me enough. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't really, you know, brother, you understand. So... I don't want you to refuse that commission. I really don't want you to pass it up. I really don't want you to miss the blessings. Oh, my pay would have went straight through the roof. I would have had all kinds of benefits. I'd have been treated as God almost in my, amongst my peers. But that's not what it was about. I had that love for neighbors. I had that love for my neighbor. I had a love for my wife. But I didn't know if I was ready to just start killing people. And that's what it was when I was in. It was a tough job. All right. But I am willing, and I'd like you willing, to follow the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, 
and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, and we'll look at all these words, even unto the end of the world, amen. Thank you, Brother Marvin, for praying for us. Not too tough a command, is it? Not too tough. Uh, I've been all over the country for the Lord. And I've had the privilege to hand scripture and teach and preach to people all over the world. I preached here in Alaska 10 years ago probably. The Lord's blessed me for it. The Lord's given me longevity, given me health, given me the privilege to go where I wanted to go, do what I wanted to do. And that's partly while I'm here as your pastor. I'm independent as you are, I guess. <laughs> we all want to be that. This is the last frontier. This is where we all gather together as frontiersmen. People like the vacation here. You can't blame them for it. Was it? It's just beautiful out there today. So it's not too tough. If a little country boy like me can do it, Every one of us can do it. No, you don't have to go overseas. You might just know somebody who's there already, Brother Pence and his family. I seen him seven or eight years ago. You have an opportunity to support him with your missions program. Oh, that's why how this all comes together. If you're not willing to go yourself, you better join a church that does that. That's the whole key to it. That's why we have church. That's why it's got its structure. That's why each one of us as individuals have to sometimes sacrifice our and humble ourselves so that God can use us in whatever little facet he can. That's the whole part of the great commandment is to humble yourself, put yourself in a position God can use you. He'll reward you. I'll give you blessings. You people have impressions on people all over. Look at here. Here's, here's uh, Africa right here. Look up here. Missions, missions, missions. Even this fellow here in Arizona, I've been to his house. We had dinner together. He was all about a radio ministry here for a while. This is kind of neat because I was talking to Pastor, I want to say Levi, Elijah. My wife kind of helps me with names. Uh, Pastor Elijah. And I started talking about this guy who was, I, what a wonderful church. It's got a little bit of a radio ministry, and I'd like to see it grow. And I says, there was a guy I seen in Arizona, and I went and seen him, and he said he had a ministry here, and I kind of looked into it because I thought maybe the Lord would give me something to do while I was up here because I knew eventually I'd retire and come here. What a mistake. Uh, come, thinking I was going to retire, not coming here. And, uh, but uh, I checked him out. We had a good time, wonderful time of fellowship. Wonderful. I didn't know what he'd reached, how much he's going to reach. But I had the privilege right now, when I give him a call, he's in Arizona. He's in Arizona. You can be, you can go. The first thing in that sentence is, go ye therefore. That word ye, don't let it throw you. That's a nice word for you. And in fact, it's a proper word to use when you say use. That's a, that's a Dallas terminology, like here. And use is when you're talking to more than one person. 
and I'm talking to more than one person, and Christ was too. He was talking to his disciples at the time, specifically. Now, that's another term we'll look at. What's the difference between what is a disciple? Because you want to pan this off and say, oh, it talks about 11 disciples? Yeah, because even Christ had renegades in his church. Okay, 11 disciples. What's a disciple? A follower of Jesus Christ. Specifically, And now an apostle is one who knew Christ. And you want to get into that, you can listen to Paul, and he'll tell you, I'm an apostle to the Gentiles, although I never knew Jesus Christ personally. That was the difference between him and the rest of them. He got converted. He was one of those that was happy. God said, blessed are those that have heard and not seen and have obtained the kingdom of heaven. Paul was one of those men. You know why? Because God had to use him to tell everybody else who hadn't seen and heard. He had to use what God gave him, and that was his authority as a disciple of Christ. That's what your pastor's all about, the authority given to him by God as a disciple of Christ. You have to know that. All right, so here, we go ye therefore and teach all nations. Ye is use. Disciple is anyone who believes in Christ and usually is baptized because that's the first step of obedience to become a Christian. I know you're in a Baptist church today, and you're going to hear about baptism as sure as it's gone. Yeah, you will, because it hooks up with salvation. Show me the person who gets saved in the Bible. I'll show you, if he lives very long, one who gets baptized. I can show you people that haven't been baptized, that are on their way to heaven right now in your Bible. And that's to humble some of those people that think you have to get baptized to get to heaven because it's not mandatory. There is no requirement to get to heaven other than knowing Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Amen. So, those people have to unite in something we call a church. Okay, go ye therefore to, to obey this commandment. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, now that's kind of a neat word. The first thing I think of when I see that word lo is low boats because I've been looking I've been <laughs> looking at boats. And there's one out here in there. It says lo, isn't it? Or Lund? Lund. Yeah, okay. And I think of those. But that's not what lo. God says, hey. That word low emphasizes what's going to follow. Hey, listen up. You know what amen means? Yep, that's right. Me too. Me too. Now, if you don't agree with what I say, say, oh my. But don't say amen. <laughs> uh, and uh, I've had to say, oh my, a few times. But it was just because I got my toes stepped on so bad. Amen. Okay, disciple, someone who receives the instruction. Christian disciple is a baptized follower of Christ who believes in the teachings of Christ. They called us first Christians in Antioch. And Christians mentioned three times in your Bible. The word Christian means Christ-like. What I'm trying to do is get this message, because I've heard guys present it, and throw it off to the side and say, oh, this was just to the disciple. John MacArthur likes to talk that way. He's a wonderful man of God. I, th I, I think he'll have a place in heaven. Uh, and that's where, he's, that's where we differ on a few things. But in that wonderful thing about a church and about Christians united, we can agree on the one thing, and you've all hollered amen on it already. 
is you need to be saved, and you get to heaven by trusting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. We might differ in how we all do behave ourselves after that, but we have to be united in that regard. So why? So we can do the Great Commission. Now, the Great Commission says, go ye therefore. So what does it tell us? First, you've got to get up and go. If the worst thing you do is go to church. For some people, and I've had the privilege to minister to them, it's go over and turn on the radio. That's all they had. Huntsville Prison, that's all they had was that little radio until somebody would come in that church when they had their time and preach to them. Uh, grandma and Grandpa turned on the radio. Uh, might be opening that Bible, going across the room and picking it up. Go, ye therefore. And what are you going to do? Therefore, that's a big word. That says because. We kind of use the word because now. There's another term to it. I don't want to get back to the pulpit. I'm, I'm, I just feel comfortable out here. I feel a little bit locked in. Uh, go ye therefore and teach. So what are you supposed to do? Teach. What does that little grandma do? We got a little grandma right here. We got a couple of grandmas around. What do you do? When I first came to my grandma, the, one of the first questions I remember asking my grandma is, where do trees come from? <laughs> you know, I thought that was pretty neat. The little whirly helicopters fall, you know, and they get all over the sidewalk. I thought, well, those are neat. But where do trees come from? She said one word, set me straight for the rest of my life, God. She went to her Bible, and somewhere along the line, she learned where trees come from. And she told me God did it. And, you know, I haven't found her wrong since. And uh, that's what life's about, isn't it? So you, no matter where you're at in life, no matter what your position is in life, no matter what the circumstances around you, you have an opportunity to, one, go. God doesn't ask you for anything he doesn't give you the power to do or the ability to perform. Go. Teach. Now, what's the most important thing you want to teach? I'll take you one more time back to my mother. For 23 years, I couldn't speak to her because my wife and I made the mistake of testifying to her that Jesus Christ was her Savior, not only her mediator and not only the one who uh, was birthed by her patron, St. Mary, uh, that Jesus Christ died on the cross not only as an example for us, not only as an encouragement for us, but he died on the cross for my sins, her sins, everyone's sin. And that set her off, and 23 years, dead. And you're not going to influence me with money either. She had plenty of it. My dad was a vice admiral in the Navy. I've walked away from millions, millions. Not going not gonna, to not gonna make any deal about that. I don't care about money because my Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money. Now, money isn't evil in itself. We need it to survive. And then when it comes down to it, it says, render to Caesar the things which are Caesar's. And I'm reminded every time I look at one of them crispies, whose face is on a, whose face is on a $100 bill? Huh? Oh, you've been looking, huh? I... <laughs> I haven't seen one yet, so <laughs> I'm going to take your word for it, Ryan. <laughs> God bless you. No. Love, what are you going to teach 
My mother wouldn't speak to me. I prayed for years. 23 years I prayed. 23 Mother's Day cards I passed out. Christmas cards, when it's the only way. They'd come back sometimes. Return to sender. 23 years. On her deathbed, I got called by my daughter, who was her caretaker at the time. And she says, Mom, I said, she says, you got to come. And I says, I can't. I says, it's going to be a big stink with the whole family. Thousands and millions of dollars were riding on it. I says, if I show up, they're going to think I'm there just for the money. I says, no, not there for the money. I'm not coming. She calls me another week. She says, she's dying. She's got liver cancer. She says, uh, she says, she's asking for you. I hung up the phone. My wife says, what was that about? I says, get in the truck. We're leaving. Left Kansas and headed to Milwaukee, Waukesha, Wisconsin. This lady used to sit around with, what was the lady, Phyllis Diller, the one with the hat and the stuff? That was her, who she drank coffee with. She was on the high side of life. She had everything she wanted. She had all the commands and the obediences all down pat and set everybody in line underneath her in the right directions religiously. She didn't have a faith in Jesus Christ. What do you think I said to her when I seen her? When I walked into that bedroom and she's laying there on the she was sent home to die and she's laying there on the on the floor, on the bed. Curtains draw darker and dark. Leave the door open. What does he think the first thing I wanted to say to her? Amen. Teach. The first thing I wanted to do was give her the ever-saving message of Jesus Christ as her personal Savior. I wanted to give her that opportunity. And actually, I said, I'm sorry. I apologize for 23 years of not being able to give her that message and not being in fellowship with someone I loved. It's the way life is. You love somebody, love me, keep my commandments. Go ye therefore and teach. So what's the first thing you're to teach? Salvation. We start a Christian school here. The first thing they're going to learn is salvation. I preach. The first thing I teach is salvation. That's what Sunday mornings is about. We present salvation. If you hadn't got the message, come to me later and I'll explain it to you. But go ye therefore and teach all nations. All nations, not some nations, not some preferred nations, not the Jew, not the Hebrew, all nations. Teach everyone. Not the a little boy asked me, he's a native here, and he says, do you have any Indians? Do you know any Indians? Because he thinks that I'm a cowboy because I wear the boots, and I was. <laughs> and he says, he's, I says, yes. I says, Michael is his name. He's a precious kid. I love him because I was like him twice. <laughs> Always in trouble he is. Wonderful little guy. His dad will be here. Uh, his dad or his pastor wanted to present some work here. So I know you got some connections with the people up there in Nocatee. Little Michael says, do you know any Indians? I says, well, Michael, I adopted an Indian. And I did. There's no difference. 
I didn't know a difference at all. My son in Florida is a Native American Cherokee Indian. And I'm proud of him. Hopefully one day you might get a chance to meet him. Amen. The Lord is gracious and he's good. Teach all nations. That's the command. That's the commission. Baptize. I could take you through stories of baptism. Baptism is a sacrifice. Why do they... Why, why does this baptism show up? Because that's the first act of obedience you can do for God the easy way. You might not change your lifestyle. You might not change your friends, although you should consider it if it's habitable. But you can go forward with enough of your peers and dip yourself in the water as Jesus Christ humbled himself and became baptized not because he wanted to show people something that he did. He wanted to show something that he was, he wanted to show the people that he was submissive to what God the Father did through him. What God the Father did through him. Humble, he humbled himself. Read it. He got baptized. Where do you do that? Well, I had a guy walk me down the lake and baptize me, and I've baptized people from everything from a water tank to a hollowed-out rock in Africa. But I did it with the authority of a New Testament church. Church. You have to form yourself into a church to be obedient to the Great Commission. You have to submit yourself to the uniting with other believers to support God's Great Commission and ultimately his great command and to submit yourself to his great authority. We're in the land of the great frontier. Talk about authority in this country. It's pretty tough. I think the state trooper's wife has got more authority than, <laughs> than a lot of people. Wonderful man. I only met him once because he said I was crossing the line. <laughs> so I'm not used to these roads, and I was sober. <laughs> So, a disciple of Christ imitates Jesus' example. A disciple of Christ believes in Christ's sacrifice on the cross for our sins. A disciple of Christ believes in the resurrection. You know, uh, that resurrection is a real sensitive subject with some people in some groups and in some areas, especially those that call themselves of the apostolic order, Okay, you get that down when I'm not so tongue-tied. But we are all disciples of Christ. And we all need to submit ourselves to God's command. So we're to get baptized or encourage someone to be baptized. Where are you going to do that outside of the local church? Where are you going to do that? Disciples of Christ believe in Christ's resurrection. I'm thinking of... Abraham, when he took his son to be sacrificed on the sticks, Abraham looked forward to the resurrection. If you read Hebrews chapter 13 or 11, I believe it's called, in the right circles, it's called the Hall of Faith. And Abraham, it talks about him there, a couple of verses down in my Bible on this side, on this page, and you go down just so far, and it'll say he sacrificed his son knowing that he was a seed that was going to father the nations and that he would be resurrected if God so desired. 
There's no mystery about salvation. There's no mystery about how to get saved. There's no mystery of what you need to do after you get saved. Right here it is in print. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. We get the Trinity plugged in there because God is three persons all wrapped up in one, and he, they're all equal. I had a guy tell me once, oh, they made, the, they made the, God look back, and he said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness, or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing, but you'll notice in, in Genesis, I believe it's chapter 3, and we're going to wrap up here in just a minute. In Genesis chapter 3, how he talks about us, ours, and ours three times, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Can't deny that trinity. Take it and show it to you, one of your Jehovah Witnesses. Oh, dear people, dear people, not all of us are privileged to have God's word at our fingertips. And some of you are even blessed to have had it at your fingertips since birth. And where did that all come about? Through the local church. Commission, noun, instruction, command, verb, order, or authorize. Authorized to empower, to set aside, and to partake of the task. God will give you the power to accomplish what he wants you to do. I've seen people in tears trying to get up enough strength and courage to get baptized. And you know what? They managed. God will help you no matter where you're at, no matter what your circumstances are. We're picking on church, church stuff here today. We're kind of laying it out. But he'll help you no matter what he wants you to do. If you know he wants you to do something, he will empower you to do it. This, this uh, missionaries we're talking about as a church. Yeah. The guys in the hospital, right? I'm looking for faces. Oh, there she is. She was ducking down. <laughs> uh, she was changing diapers or something. I don't know. But uh, hopefully not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Brother Melvin said I was after a car today. That was good. I like that. <laughs> uh, I was after a toy before church. Uh, God will give you the strength to accomplish that. He wants you to do it. He will. He wants you to work with your marriage. He wants you to work with your family. He wants you to work. Pray and ask him. He'll empower you to do it. I've seen people so scared they'd wet their pants before they got in a baptismal. It's one reason we gave them rubber suits. Uh, let's go back now. What's, what's the, so you know what I taught my mother, and she accepted Christ as her personal Savior six hours before she died, and she raised hell all her life. But you know, she's right there in heaven, right there, and I'm hoping I get up as high as she did, because she was the same one who told me who made trees. Her mother did, and, my, and she reinforced it. God made trees, Grandma said. God made trees, Mama said. So... God loves her, loves each one of you, each one of us. What's the last thing? Teach. God says, if you can't catch on by now, teach them to observe all things. What are the all things you're to observe? There it is, brother. Rick's holding up his Bible. Let's start observing it. Let's start being obedient to it. Let's start doing what the Bible says. I don't know what he wants you to do. Maybe he wants you to quit kicking your neighbor's dog. I don't know. I kicked my dog this morning. He needed it. But, <laughs> poor guy. 
He's such a, he, you know what conditional love is? That's when you lock your wife in the trunk and tw- come back 20 minutes later realizing you did it and open up the trunk lid, you'll find out what conditional love is all about. <laughs> now, if you want to know what unconditional love is about, you take your dog and put him in the trunk, lock him up for a day, come back, and you'll find out what unconditional love is all about. God loves you unconditionally. He loves you regardless. And he re- loves you regardless to, of your state, of your status with him. And he'll empower you to accomplish anything you want to do with him, for him, in obedience to him. He won't ask you to do something you can't do. Amen. Let's all stand. God is good, the Great Commission. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And the final promise is, lo, I will be with you always, even unto the end of the world. That always is different than the word always. Always refers to, he always used to drink coffee with his cream. That's past tense. That's past. You could bank on it. This is more authoritative. When he says he'll be with you always, that's past, present, and future. He will be with you physically, emotionally, and spiritually if you join hands with him, if you humble yourself and become submissive to him, if you become obedient to him and try to do it to the best of your ability. He will be with you always, even unto the ends of the world. And he says, amen. And what's that mean, Brother Rick? That's right. Amen. That's right. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to look into your word this morning. Thank you for these dear souls that are standing here now. I ask your blessing on each and every one of them. I thank you for your day. I thank you for the Sundays you've given us together. I thank you for all that you do for us in this community, in these individuals. In Jesus' name, amen.